Welcome, welcome, welcome to Run Mama Run. I'm your host, Michelle Schroff. Run Mama Run is a community of women that love, cheer, and desire the absolute best for each other. Give us a follow on Instagram, runmama.run, and Facebook, and our website. Welcome to Run Mama Run. Today we have Laura Greer on. Laura and I have known each other for quite a few years. Um, we were introduced, I think it was through um, a mutual friend. Yeah, yeah. Toya. Toya. Right. And Toya's been on our show before. Toya actually um, helps women that have been caught up in human trafficking. And um, she's just doing amazing things right now with Vulnerable No More. And you did something called Embrace One. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Embrace One started in 2010. I had adopted Malachi and Jayla. Mm -hmm. And um, these were, they were my, my twins. And um, they had come from a mom who had been prostituted since mm -hmm. she was 11. Oh. So when CYFD disclosed her information, mm -hmm. her first child was at 11 mm -hmm. and her mom had human trafficked her. Oh, wow. So um, from there, birth embrace one. Mm -hmm. I just could not believe that a person had gone that long. She was mm -hmm. 36 at this point and she had gone that long without feeling the, the love of a mother mm -hmm. or without feeling the love of God. Right. And um, so that's where Embrace One started. So Embrace One, we was a, or gonna say a club. I mean, sorry. You weren't a club. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the club. I went to the clubs. <laughs> it was a ministry. Yes. It was a ministry uh -huh. that um, we would go into the strip clubs mm -hmm. and we would um, embrace one person at a time, right. the ladies. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted to go inside the clubs were because there was a lot of other ministries doing it, but dropping off the gifts right. and dropping off things in the door. Mm -hmm. And I just, and what kind of message do you think mm -hmm. that was sending? You know what? I think it was sending, we love you, mm -hmm. but up to here to the door. Mm. You are loved, but up to the door. Mm -hmm. And to me, I wanted them to know, I love you. And I'm going to go where I'm going to meet you where you're at. Wow. And I'm, we're going to hug you where you're at. Yeah. So we started this ministry and it was Shelly Rep and I, mm -hmm. and we started this ministry and we would go into the strip clubs. And it was funny because everybody told me they're not going to let you in. Right. They're not going to let you in. <laughs> and um, you're and like, they, they don't know who they're talking to. <laughs> so here, here I am five feet you know right. and these big old guys in these strip clubs and stuff <laughs> and they're like who do you want to talk to and I was like I'm gonna talk to the manager and I'm gonna right. come in and they were like you want to sit in a table and hand out gifts to the girls <laughs> you're what <laughs> you know so um and we did every right. club in town let us in no one said no no one said no I never had to have two meetings with them it was the first time that I went and had a meeting they said yo sometimes we got a little resistance you're a little intimidating <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mess with you. They probably wanted to recruit you to work the door. Right? <laughs> Can you work by uh, Do you mind Saturday night? It's a little crazy in here. Do you mind being with us? Yeah. Right? <laughs> not, no, not on stage. <laughs> At the door. At the door. <laughs> Nobody will come in. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So, and we started and we did this ministry for many years. Yeah. And uh, we were able to see some of the girls come out and wow. we were, and that's how I met you because yes. I remember taking out one of the girls uh -huh. and she didn't have clothes and she that's didn't have right. um, the skills for interview and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you offer that with Project that's Zoe. Right. That's so right. that's how I met you because that's then right. they connected us mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, then I'll take them out mm -hmm. and you groom I, them. I, I, and hey, let's go. If they wanted some clothes, come on because yeah. we had enough. We had a yeah. lot of clothes, but you know, and that's really what it's about was, you know, going in, it sounds like, and, 
and doing what we did at Project Zoe and saying, you're more than this. Absolutely. You're more than being on a stage. You're more than your body. Correct. And I think that a lot of us, I mean, even us, you know, moms that are, that are working the nine to five, we feel like, oh my goodness. So this is all there is to it. There's more to me than, you know, this morning I was complaining to my husband. I'm like, so I just do the laundry here and uh, clean the house. So uh, what are you going to do today? <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's your day off. Um, but I got laundry still to do. And I think that when we look at our lives as a whole, we all, every single one of us tend to go to gravitate toward identifying with what we do, whether it's I'm a mom or I'm, uh, I'm in the military, which you were, you were in the Navy. I was. You were a weapons specialist. (laughs) Yes, I was. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So can I like open up my gun safe and you can just like tell me how to clean it or (laughs) what does that mean? (laughs) So we would have, I was in a sub tender Uh and we totally surprised. What's that? I don't know what that is. Okay. So I said, uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. Like if you knew. (laughs) Did you see me? (laughs) So (laughs) a sub tender was a it's a big old ship uh-huh. that supplies everything the submarines need in the middle of the ocean. Oh. So if they let go of their torpedoes. So it's kind of like a Costco in the co- middle of the absolutely. ocean. Absolutely. Come on. So if they, you know, if they launch their missiles and uh-huh. stuff, I need to, we need to be able to supply them with all the guns and all the weapons and all the missiles that they need. Makes sense. But because we're carrying so many torpedoes mm-hmm. and missiles, right. we had spent all these guns around our boat right. and we had to maintain them. So Got we it. when I could... We went off from missiles to a gun and nine millimeter. Like we maintained the whole I gun. I can so see you doing that. Because <laughs> you keep things in check. You like, you like run security. I know I do. That's you, one of the. You I do a do. great job. Look, when they offered me at first, I was all like, you're what? kidding, right? You want me to, you want me to, min- like, you want me to run ministry with all these men? <laughs> like they're not going to listen to little mm-hmm. Laura, but Come it's on. been a wonderful ministry. Yes. It's been I have seen God's hand in it and it's, it's grown so yeah. much. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and a lot of it is because of you, you know who you are. You really do. You know who you are. <laughs> you don't try to pretend to be anybody else. You're like, yeah. this is who I am. And, and I think that that's what equips you to do what you do. You're able to step into a strip club. I, for me, I'm like, Oh no. Like, I, I, I am definitely a person that wants to try new and daring things. That's something that I've always been drawn to. Like, I, I, I could do that. I could go in and I could do that. It would take a lot of, um, okay, Michelle, you're preparing. Like, you're going to see this. You're not going to like the way that women are spoken to. And I, I have a hard time with that. Like, I will fight you if you disrespect a woman in front of me. And, um, but you, you're like, I got this. I remember one time we <laughs> called you because you, you're bilingual. And I was like, hey, can you help me out? I, we're going into this house and it's this family and and they're um, undocumented and they don't speak any English. And I can I, I know like, you know, some Spanish, but I'm not going to be effective. And you were like, sure. And you strolled up and handled everything. And I'm like, that's Laura. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. You just handle business. You're like, what? What you need? Okay, I got you. Don't worry about it. I can do that. And I love that about you. I love that you, even though, and I don't know how prepared or not you are, but you'll do it. You're like, I looked the other day on Facebook. You're like in Orlando. I'm like, where is she? What's she doing now? (laughs) She like off two weeks somewhere else. I know. Two weeks was too long. With a bunch of kids. (laughs) I'm like. She go with the kids. She do the weapons. She does security. She, I mean, 
And, and I know for you, you probably don't look at yourself that way. I don't. You, yeah. I don't. I, you know what? I think that, um, I rely a lot on God Mm -hmm. and I rely a lot. Um, I've learned to rely on him and I've learned to some things that seem bizarre to me and some things that I think like no way am I going to be able to run a security team for a church or no way am I going to be able to go into a strip club? Mm -hmm. Do I have those fears? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I always know that if he opened the door, it's not going to be me. It's going to be through him, Um, you know? So mm -hmm. I remember having those meetings, you know, going into the strip clubs and having those meetings with the managers and it wasn't like, okay, Laura gunho, here I go. And it was me sitting in the car and being nervous and Mm -hmm. being hesitant about going in and Mm -hmm. thinking of every excuse why I shouldn't go in, Right. but going in and praying and saying, okay, God, it's through you. And leaving those meetings and thinking, I don't know how this happened Mm -hmm. and I don't know how the door opened, but it was only through him. Well, and when you think about it too, I mean, you mentioned your, your twins and what absolutely was the root of you going into those clubs wasn't just because you're a nice person. Correct. It was because you were impacted by what those places, I mean, and for me, I'm like, oh, any, and I shouldn't just say me, but I would say most people would feel like I'm not going to go there because that place hurt my kids' mother. That place is the reason why my kids' mother, but you looked at it as an opportunity and how often we walk past an opportunity because it's difficult. You know, Mm -hmm. we go, oh yeah, um, I'm just going to be a good mom to these kids and show them what a good mom looks like. And you had compassion for the mother that they couldn't have. And and I had compassion for the father too. Yeah. Like I remember going to the strip clubs and I remember teaching the the girls that we would go into and I would Mm -hmm. always say to them, don't look at these men Mm -hmm. and be like disgusted by them and don't look at these men and be angry at them Mm -hmm. because they are our brothers too. That's right. And they're suffering too. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason they're here, the enemy has a hold of them too. That's right. So always think of them too and have compassion for them too. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because when we would interview folks that wanted to volunteer and, you know, I would always ask them, so why do you want to do this? And of course they would have such a heart for the girls that had been trafficked and we're, and, and the young men that had been trafficked and we're like, okay, so, and I would always, always, always ask, so what do you think about the people that are trafficking them? And it literally, it would go sideways at that point. They would be like, they're this and they're that. And they're, and I'd go, hmm. I'm like, you know, what's really interesting is that if you're going to step into this position, you can't have that kind of hatred for someone and what they're doing is wrong. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's wrong. But you don't know their story. You don't know what got them there. And obviously they don't know who they are. They really don't know who they are, who God created them to be. Yeah. They're broken too, right? That's right. And they have seen, either they have seen it from their father or they have seen it from society. Or from their mother. Or or from their mother. Yeah. You know, they have seen that and they have taken that and saying, we could do this. That's right. But they're hurting too. I agree. I've never, I've never heard a little boy say, Mm -mm. when I grow up, I want to be addicted to porn. When I grow up, I want porn to destroy my marriage and my family. I've never heard that. Or I want to be a pimp. Exactly. I mean, really. Yeah. So these kids have these these men are hurting too. And mm-hmm. I think that we put so much emphasis in the women, but we also have to understand that these men are hurting and that these men also want to do good by God and That's they right. want to be great. And we need to have that compassion That's for right. them too. And they're not a lost cause. No, you know? absolutely and that takes not. A Nobody lot, is, even right? for me to say, and, and I hate to, to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm an authority in this area, but 
that it takes a lot for me to say that because I was a child that was hurt. I was a child that was taken advantage of. I was, uh, I would say even a young adult that was taken advantage of by, by young men. But the reality is, you know what, that doesn't define me and it doesn't define them. Correct. It doesn't. And when we look at the, the, the things that we've lived through in our lives, whether it be, you know, a sexual abuse or physical abuse or, or even just living a life where you feel like you're nothing, it, that doesn't define the end. That doesn't define where you're at right now. And we're going to come, we're going to walk through difficult trials. We're going to walk through difficult, difficult times. And when I look at you, I'm like, oh, this girl, she can handle it. You know, <laughs> you can handle it all. But you recently have just real, you've lived through a trial that, um, a lot of women, a lot of women have gone through divorce mm-hmm. and it changes you. It does. It can change you for the better or for the worse. True. True. And I, and, and walking with you through this, um, in the, in the last year or two, I can see how God has truly changed you for the better. Yes. Yes. So, um, I got divorced four years ago Mm -hmm. and, um, of course it's something that I didn't want and didn't want to go through, but it's something that happened. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember when it first happened and I was, I went through this period and I was telling you the other day, I went through this period where. I knew that I couldn't be the old Laura. I knew that at that moment, not only did my marriage die, but that Laura died, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I had, and I had, well, I had to, I had to bury her. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we're too attached to who we are that we can't see who God wants us to be, you know? And um, I was in my room and I was crying and I was, you know, mourning this and, um, I realized that in order to be able to receive God's miracles, I had to get rid of my old mindset. Mm. So I had to be able to just birth this new person in this dark valley. Yeah. And um, I had to bury everything. It was, it was, it's so weird when I tell people because everything from the way I shopped, mm. everything from the way I managed money to the way I parent, to the way I got dressed, to the way yeah. I got got up in the morning, everything was different. Mm. And um, one thing that I had seen through the years, I had seen women go through these divorces and be bitter, mm. you know, and be um, just overtaken. The way I describe it is, so it's like a snake and it mm. bites you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that snake bites you. And, but that's not what kills you. The bite doesn't kill you. What right. kills you, it's a venom mm. that keeps going through your body, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we allow these instances to keep, the venoms keep going to our body, then we, we die, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I decided to, you know, bury her and I decided that I was going to get up and I was going to be a different Laura. And it took, it, it wasn't overnight. It took a couple, couple of years, um, to figure out who I was going to be and who I was going to become and how I was going to talk to myself, mm-hmm. you know, because first you've got to talk to yourself. That's right. And, and there was a period I was telling you, there was a period that, we had PJ day like a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and we watched a lot of sad movies because then mommy could cry and they wouldn't know that mommy right. was crying because of that, mm-hmm. you know, but there was a lot of periods where I had to take care of Laura because mm-hmm. if I didn't take care of Laura, then I couldn't take care of the rest of the That's four so kids. True. So I had to take care of myself and I had to go through that. And, um, at that time I let them, my children mourn, what they needed to mourn mm-hmm. in any way that they had to. Yeah. And then I had to. Mm-hmm. 
And when I started rebuilding myself, then I could help them rebuild themselves, you know, but I had to go through the doorway first. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, and you know, what you said was, you know, taking care of yourself. And, and I think for a lot of us women, we're not used to that. We're used to caring for others. We're used to caring for our husbands. We're used to caring for our kids or, you know, for a sibling, we want to care for our younger siblings or we, or we find an animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, we do. It's just, it, it's, in, it's part of our nature. Correct. And I, I don't believe that that's wrong. But there, you must care for yourself. Yeah. You, you cannot just walk around going, who can I care for? Who can I care for? There has to be a point to where you go, I am valuable. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm valuable to God. I'm val- and I'm valuable to the people that are around me. Correct. And when we lose sight of that, we tend to lose sight of where we're going. Yes. You know, you, the way that you talk about it is old Laura had to die. Well, when that's, that's sad. That's mm-hmm. really sad to think that, that this other person had to die. But you're, you're so right when you look at, okay, you had hopes and dreams. Yes. You did. Yes. You had hopes and dreams. I did. And I had your personality, even your personality. I was so, I was convinced I was an extrovert. That's, you know, I was truly convinced, convinced I'm Uh an extrovert. I like to be out there with people. I liked, and this, when I started rebirthing myself, I realized I like to stay home. Mm-hmm. I'm a little of an introvert. Mm-hmm. I like to stay home. I'm okay with just being home and reading okay. my Bible or just staying home and reading a book or watching mm-hmm. a series. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, but it's when you're married, I was married for 15 years. When you're married with somebody for 15 years, mm. it's, it, it molds you to something, you it know? Does. So it, it had to be different mm-hmm. and it had to be okay. And I had to be okay with recreating myself and letting God show me who he wanted me to be mm-hmm. in this new life. Mm-hmm. And do you think that, um, right now that you are probably more equipped to speak with women that have, you know, that you were speaking with at embrace one that even your children, you know, when I think of my kids and, and, you know, obviously it wasn't an accident that you ended up adopting two, two children, from CYFD that came from, uh, uh, and, and it's funny because I, and you can speak to this too. When, when you adopt a child, people think that you are a savior and you're not, I'm just, I'm like, I am not their savior. These children, you know what? They are individuals. They are human beings creating the image of God. I am simply just here saying, yes, that's all I'm doing is saying yes. I'm saying yes to whatever comes up, whatever happens over the next you know, 80 years or however long that I choose that God chooses to keep me here on this earth. But the equipping up to the point, cause I know when I started getting children in our home, we were fostering and I was like, golly, man, there's a lot like these kids have been through a lot. But what it did was it forced me to look at what I had been through and how those children had been brought to me and they're part of my healing and and I hate to sound like, oh my goodness gracious, they're my savior. They're not my savior, but they definitely helped me to awaken things that I had been stuffing down, things that I hadn't even paid attention to. And my marriage even that I had brought into my marriage, you know, I talk about on the podcast, you know, I, I struggled with severe jealousy. I had horrible, horrible jealousy because of things that had happened in my past. And I can move forward and go, my gosh, my kids have been through so much and I see such change in these little kids. It's like, I can change this. You know, I, I can basically practice what I'm preaching. 
instead of me just sitting there telling these kids, oh yeah, you got to do this and you should do this and you should try this and you should just, I need to do that. And I need to show them and be that example to them. This is tough. This is a tough spot in our lives, but it's not forever. We're not going to feel horrible forever. We're not going to be in our PJs watching television forever. We're going to walk through this together. And it really can bring a family closer together that um, may not have been because, you know, divorce doesn't just happen. It's not just an overnight one morning you woke up and you guys looked at each other and said, hey, I'm bored. Let's get a divorce. Correct. You know, there was there was probably a time where you guys were really struggling. Mm -hmm. And from what I know, that was something for you that you had a very hard time letting go of that, letting go of those dreams and that the life that you were living. And then when you had to, you were kind of backed into a corner that you had to. And then you're like, okay, I have to figure out now and assess. Like you were talking about the weapons. You have to assess. You have to go, okay, so what is it that has to change? Correct. And with this, it was everything. Yeah. So definitely the the twins and what the kids brought, not only just the twins, but Sabrina and Mariah. Mm-hmm. Your other the, two girls are older. Yeah, my, my other two go- girls are older. So I have a 20-year-old, uh, 18-year-old and the 12-year-old twins mm-hmm. now. And um, at that time, there were 15, 14, and 6. Mm-hmm. So what what that, what that having them there, and it's funny, like you say, people do see me and say, oh, you're so great you're for adopting. <laughs> and, and yes, it is a blessing, and yes, mm-hmm. but what they bring to you and what the kids, and all kids, you know, all mm-hmm. my four kids, what they've brought to me and what they do, being there in that bed and being there, I knew, mm-hmm. I knew. And if... If it wasn't just God porn, it was my kids that mm-hmm. that I had to be like, I have three girls. So that's I had right. to be like, I need to show them how to walk out of the valley. Mm, and that's good. I can't walk out of the valley bitter. Mm-hmm. I can't walk out of the ba- valley angry because they're dealing with their own mm-hmm. issues. So I couldn't do that. Yeah. So I had to make sure that when I walked out of the valley, I walked out humbled. Mm-hmm. I walked out with God's love. I walked out with mercy, with grace. Mm. You know, I pray that... Um, I pray that every time I encounter my ex, that I see him in God's eyes. Mm. I encounter, I pray that I, you know, see him and my kids see him as a father, you know, and stuff. So you have to walk up with that grace and let go of all that bitterness and all that venom, you know, and because it's, that's the easy road. Yes. The easy road is to just hang on to all of that bitterness and anger and you almost feel justified. Correct. But what it's doing is like the venom, it's killing you. Yes. And it will kill you. It'll kill your relationships. It'll kill your relationships with your kids. Mm -hmm. It'll make them feel like they have to choose. Absolutely. And that is not where a child should be. They don't have the capacity to be able to do that. Correct. And they, and they, they learn how to grow walk out of the valley with us, you know? That's right. So if I was going to walk out of the valley like that, then I was giving that toxin, mm-hmm. that venom to my children. That's right. So they could walk out of valleys mm-hmm. like that. And I didn't want that. So you, so, and that was the legacy you'd be building. Yes. You know, and that's, and I think about that because, you know, my, my parents were divorced when I was nine and my mom literally, her thing was always, no, you're going to go see your dad this weekend. No. And, and, you know, as a child of divorce, your parents are still together. Mine are not, were not. And I struggled one minute. I was angry at my dad. And the next minute I was angry at my mom. It was her fault. It was his fault. It was, and really, and truly it was both of them. It wasn't Mm -hmm. either one. And, and my situation, I know all situations are different, but ours, it was definitely both of them. And I look back and I just think if it wasn't for my mom, she so badly fought 
for my relationship with my dad. And if my dad, I don't know if my dad ever knew. I lost my dad last year, but I don't know if he ever knew. I think I told him, you know what? Mom really fought for you. I don't think you realize how much she fought for you. And, uh, I mean, my, my mom would invite him in on Thanksgiving. She'd say, come in, you can have dinner with us. You know, she would, she laid everything off to the side and her own feelings and really tried to show me and my brother that their marriage wasn't just something that they did. It was something that when they committed to being married and having children, that those children were not going to be ripped apart because of their, you know, their divorce. And it's really, it's really shown me as a parent with my children. I mean, me and my husband, we've been married 20, almost 27 years. And, you know, when I look at friendships, when I look at family that, you know, we are no longer in contact with and just making sure that I speak about them with grace and mercy and that my kids don't even know why, you know, and if they do want to know, we can talk privately about it. And it's something that that child may, may want to know to reconcile. But I just, I really can't encourage women enough. You have so much power. Correct. You have so much power over your children and your kids are going to want to be loyal to you. Mm-hmm. And that may not be the right thing. It may not be the right thing. The right thing is that they're able to love both of their parents, even if one of their parents is really crummy, mm-hmm. even if both of them are really crummy. But you want to make sure that those children are equipped for when they are married and they have children, that when they're put in those positions, that they're able to make wise choices, honest choices, truthful choices. Yes. Because when you're feeding them junk, that's not, that's not being truthful. That's Mm-mm. really feeding yourself. Correct. It is. It's feeding yourself. And, and I've seen you walk through with such grace and mercy and, and I've seen your kids, you know, and, and it's really interesting because you allow your children to choose. Mm-hmm. You're not like, you're not going to, you, you haven't gone through a big, long custody battle. You've worked things out and it's so beautiful to be able to see something, you know, this big heap of ashes and, and how God can make it beautiful. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying, Hey, if you're going to get a, Hey, divorce people, everybody. No, that's not what I'm saying. And I think that's the thing. Like even I've had women come up to me and say, Hey, I'm about to get a divorce. And I'm like, do you really know what you're talking about? You know, because I've walked in that valley. Mm hmm. And do you really understand that you giving up on a marriage, what it is, you know, like understand really that this is not an easy escape. This is not something that God intended for us to go through. That's right. You know, and some of us will go through it, Mm -hmm. but when we go through it and when we're in that dark Valley, lean on him, not lean on the snake bite and the venom and, and keep concentrating on what happened and what ifs and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, concentrate on what God says and the word of God and just take it back to him, you know? And well, and the reality is, and and from what I'm hearing from you is it really boils down to forgiveness. Absolutely. Because God has that grace, right? He's given us that grace. And I constantly have to be like, you forgive me. I have to forgive, Mm. you know? And I, and I try to instill that in my children. And, you know, the way that you said, you said the way, you know, they, they see you interact with their dad and Mm -hmm. stuff is the way they're going to go in life. And, what a perfect example of grace, yeah. you know, and yeah, you just have and, to be and like, even okay. how much you love them. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know about you, but I mean, I've, I've seen couples get into it and fight in front of their kids when they're divorced and what it does to that child. You know, when when my parents were together, 
I mean, they used to fight all the time. And I remember just being like, it's my fault. And when they got a divorce, it was my fault. But seeing them divorced and them communicate and talk and, you know, I know they got on each other's nerves. That's not, I'm not going to paint this picture of perfection because it wasn't. But my mom did go the extra mile. She did. She went the extra mile. And I know it was very hard for her. You know, one one thing is like when you're going through divorce, you're so caught up in the who's going to have the kids and who's going to have this money and who's going to... And one thing that that has happened over time, I'm not saying like, you know, over time has made me realize that God has it in control, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't get what you need from child support or you don't get what you need in visit, God will provide it. God will provide it. I don't know how I do it as a single mama. I don't know how we take trips. I don't know how I do it, but I know that I'm faithful to my God. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've always made sure that I've tied and I've leaned on God Mm -hmm. and he's always taking care of me. And I've never had to keep fighting for more and more Mm -hmm. and more. I had, we, we haven't gone back to court since, and we never went to court. We actually decided the stuff and we just send the paperwork to court, but God is good and he's going to make it up, you know? And I've, with the years, it's taken me some years, but with the years I've realized that it's okay. Yeah. If it doesn't, if it doesn't come through, it's okay. God has it. Well, don't you worry know, about funny. those little things. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is it yours to battle? Mm-hmm. This, this battle isn't yours at no, this point. It's not. And, and I think just reminding ourselves of that and we wouldn't, um, at least I, me, when I say we, I'm really talking about me. I really wouldn't be so caught up. I really wouldn't be so sad and worried if I really acknowledged, you know what? This battle's not mine. Correct. It really isn't. It may look like it's mine, but it's not mine. Yeah. And and as soon as I can put my hands up and just say, I'm going to go on living and I'm going to go on doing what, what I'm called to, the, this other stuff, it's not my business. Yeah. You know, the, what's being said or what's being, because I know with divorce, man, you've got, you know, <laughs> I don't, I always, I always picture that movie, um, I don't, it's probably not the best movie to mention, but whatever. Crazy, stupid love. So there's this part where the husband like gives his best friend a gift and is like, we chose the wife (laughs) to be our friend. Like when there's a divorce, like we got to choose, like as a couple, we got to choose who we're going to be friends with. And, and that part always makes me laugh because I'm like, who says, who says we've got to choose. And I, and when I went through that, I went through that where people were it's funny. Some people called me and said, Hey, we just finished having a conversation with Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know your side. And I was like, uh, what? no, none. Yeah. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, you know me, uh-huh. you know him. Yeah. You know God. Yeah. You decide. Yeah. And I never wanted people to decide for either one of us. I thought that we both needed people. We both needed encouragement. We yeah. both needed to be lifted. Um, some people did decide and mm-hmm. it was okay. And I respected that it hurt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It hurt. But I also knew that he needed people too, you know? Yeah. So I just went ahead and I've lived my life and some people I've reconnected with and some people I haven't. And yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. okay because, again, it's when you're burying yours. yourself, right? Yeah. When you're burying yourself and you're you're rebuilding yourself, you got to get rid of some people. That's right. And those, those people were not meant to be yeah. there for me, yeah. you know? And it's okay because God did bring some wonderful people. I did. Some people did stay and those are my you know, godly people. And those are the people I lean on and they're my godly counsel. And that's who I go to because I have to check myself sometimes. I'm like, should I send this text? Right. (laughs) My daughter, when she was younger, she had, um, struggled in a friendship. And when that friendship had dissolved and it needed to, um, there were some other friends of hers that, you know, she ended up not being able to keep. And, 
And one day she was just so sad. And, you know, we're like, oh, honey, let's pray. You know, we're praying and just really seeking the Lord because it was hard. It was so hard for her. And the next day she comes to me and she goes, you know what? I just decided. And I think she was like 12 or 13. She goes, I just decided that um, the the person that basically made those friends choose and she, they didn't maybe make them. It was probably a situation where the friends felt like they needed to choose. She goes, I feel like like some weeds were pulled out of my garden. And I went, what? She goes, yeah. I I mean, if those people just want to pick a side, then let them, mm-hmm. you know? Then, and I was like, that's actually a really good way to look at things. I said, now granted, you know, weeds isn't the, the best way to describe it, but if they're really and truly not unbiased or that they can't be both of your friends, then you don't want them in the, in your life. It's something that if they feel strongly, they need to go with somebody else and so be it. But friendships, I think are, it's, it's hard enough to be going through a divorce, but then, you know, you've got friends that are like, what happened? And then you've got to meet with 18 people and see, to me, that's like, I can't even yeah. imagine 18 yeah. coffee dates to talk about. <laughs> well, and you then know? you have your emotions going, you oh, know, forget so it. So you, you have your story and you know what's going on, but then you have your emotions. Yeah. So you're really not relaying the story correctly That's because right. your emotions are all in play. So there, I didn't want to be like, say yeah. everything to everybody and right. call everybody. So the people that needed to know that were in my circle, your circle yeah. are the ones I told. Yeah. And some of them made a choice and some of them said, we're here. And, yeah. and I had to be okay with that. Yeah. I had to be okay that God was going to, when he was going to rebuild me and when I was burying myself, that it wasn't just going to be my habits and my things that I did, but he was also going to bury some friends. That's and right. he was also going to remove some people that yeah. didn't need to be there. That's so. right. That's right. And it's funny too, because I know with me and Clay, when we have friends, because, you know, 27 years, we've had a lot of friends that have divorced. And I always tell Clay, I, you need to go rally with the husband. I'm going to go rally with the wife. And we've never, ever been like, oh, we got to pick between the two. It's always for us. It's like, I'm going to come and support her. You go and support him. And then him and Clay and I do not have conversation about what was shared between the two. We do not say, oh, well, she said, or he said, or we are just like, you know what? We're going to commit to this couple and we're going to let, I'm going to talk, communicate with the wife and you communicate with the husband. It's not important that me and Clay talk about this couple. No. We just feel strongly that we need to be a support to both. Correct. And that's know? what we need. Like, I think during the divorce, I just, I didn't want people to justify and say, yeah, you did right, Laura. That's not what I needed. What I no. needed is you're going to be okay. That's right. We're praying what for you. What can I do for you? We're going to pull bring you, you out meal? of there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And that's for me too. And my rule also is when I do provide support is I, I don't want you to bash the guy. You know what? He's still our friend too. You're our friend and we would not allow him to speak of you that way either. You know, if they want to say, oh, he had an affair or whatever, I get that. But he's this and he's that. No, no, no. It's like, no, no, I, I'm here for you, but let's stick to the facts. And and if we if we need to talk about it, we can stick to the facts. But the reality is we want I want to be a support to you. And bashing is not a support. That's literally it's like. That's not going to help you and it's not going to help you moving forward, if anything. And I always imagine like the things that we say, once we speak them out, how much power those words have over us, whether it's another person that hears them or even, I mean, I'm sorry, with the powers that be, you know, we're, we're saying things and, and then we have a tendency to live out those things and how important it is. Like you were saying, I don't just talk to anybody about it. This is not anyone's, um, anyone's entertainment so mm-hmm. to speak 
Because it can be. Yeah. It really yeah. can be. Oh, you could roll it so, f- and the enemy could take it so far, uh-huh. you know. But definitely, if you just stop it and you just decide that this is going to be this is going to be my part. That's right. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm going to move forward. And it's not easy. It's not, it didn't yeah. take like three months. It took, it took a while. Yeah. And well, and what a gift to your kids. Yeah. And your friends. Cause I, I'm, I don't know. I'm one of those friends that I'm all, mm, girl, that <laughs> sucks. Can we go have coffee now? Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to drink my coffee. Let's talk about the weather. You know, because you do, it's like, you know, that it's not helpful. It's just not Mm-mm. there's and and I heard a, a pastor one time. I think it was like um, Chuck Swindoll. He was saying, you know what? Sometimes there are just things that you keep between you and God. There are just some things that you don't need to hash out with people. It literally just needs to be you and God. And once you take it up with him, it's amazing what really needs to be said. Yeah. And it's generally one half of what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. So I'm really thankful that. I have you. I'm so thankful that I've been able to watch you um, through so much. And it's crazy because I, I go back to a lot of conversations that you and I had and I, I, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. And I'm like, wow, Laura said this to me. And I want you to know that those are things that have shaped and molded me. And I, I hope that our listeners have friends like I have Laura, because you have, you've been such a blessing in my life, the way that you live adversity, but also the way that you live joy. You're so joyful. You always hug and kiss my kids and you love my kids. And that's something that I think every mother, I mean, and I got a lot of kids and you do. You, mm-hmm. If you haven't seen one of my kids in two years, you go and hug and kiss them and you tell them, oh my gosh, you're this, you're that, you're that. And I'm like... Wow, I want to be more like Laura when it comes to loving people because you do. You love people so deeply and so passionately. It is inspiring to me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that you agreed to come on the podcast because I know you were like, Ooh. I know. I'm so nervous about these things. Like, <laughs> You're not I'm anymore, like, are you? Oh, no. It's see, like a good conversation. We just talking, girl. <laughs> I didn't even ask if you want a coffee. Oh, I'm no, sorry. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'd have been a little shaky if I did. <laughs> I'm actually allergic to coffee. What? Yeah, I'm allergic See? to caffeine. So no ca- coffee. Can you imagine this in caffeine? Uh, <laughs> I think I knew what he was saying. I know. I know. That's so funny. Oh, man. But thank you, Laura, for coming on today. And Thank um, you for having me. This sure. was wonderful. I love you. And love I'm you so too. thankful for you. Oh, you're so sweet. I love you, too. It's true. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Run Mama Run podcast. Check us out on social media at runmama.run. And mamas, keep running.